On today's show, we are just days away from the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. We're going to catch up with a former Georgia Bulldog, Israel Troop. We'll get his thoughts on the big game. And tons of news from around the conference. A&M has their new defensive coordinator. An update on Auburn wide receiver Kobe Hudson. LSU, they get blown out in the Texas Bowl. Well, you got transfers, returns, guys going pro. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing your business. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Texas A&M as Jimbo Fisher has zeroed in on his replacement for defensive coordinator Mike Elko. And he's coming from the SEC. It is Ole Miss defensive coordinator DJ Durkin. Yahoo Sports reporting he is uh, finalizing a three-year deal to join the Aggie staff. Durkin spent the last two years as D.C. at Ole Miss. He's credited with a significant turnaround of that defense from last year. The Rebels... A year ago, gave up 38 points per game this season and improved to 24 points per game. Across the country, Ole Miss improved from 117th to 51st in scoring defense. Rebels beat the Aggies in November 29-19. to 43-year-old Durkin was previously the D.C. at Florida, Michigan, before he was hired as head coach at Maryland, where he went 10-15 in two seasons. Durkin... We'll replace Mike Elko, who left to go be the new head coach over at Duke. We didn't get a chance to recap it yesterday, but Brian Kelly and uh, has a tough job ahead of him taking over this LSU squad who lost the Texas Bowl on Tuesday night to Kansas State 42-20. to It was a game where wide receiver Jontre Kirkland started at quarterback for the Tigers in the loss. Brian Kelly spent time in the ESPN booth during the broadcast and shared some thoughts on how the transition is going. One of the things he was asked about was Max Johnson, LSU starting quarterback, leaving and transferring to Texas A&M amid Miles Brennan returning to LSU and also bringing him five-star quarterback Walker Howard. Brian Kelly said, look, I didn't get that feeling right out of the gates, but look, it's a transition. There's a lot of uncertainty, and you really can't fault kids for leaving. They don't know, and so when uncertainty is put in front of them, they're going to look towards something that's a little more stable for them, so I don't fault him for those decisions. Uh, talk about Max Johnson transferring to Texas A&M. We will see if Max Johnson earns the starting job there at Texas A&M next season. We all Nolan Smith. He is continuing to prepare for the national championship, playing for Georgia's defense, looking to stifle Alabama more so than they did in the SEC championship game a few weeks ago. But Nolan Smith is a Georgia native, and he's very much aware of what a national championship would mean to the state of Georgia. Smith is from Savannah. He's an integral part of this defense. He's fifth in tackles, along with eight and a half sacks for a loss, two or eight and a half tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks 
He said, look, it would mean everything. There's a lot of kids born and raised in the state of Georgia, and this one you'll never forget. To be the first since the drought, I tell people you'll be a Georgia legend no matter if you're from inside the state of Georgia or outside, you will be a Georgia legend. We came in to be legendary, be special, leave your mark. We'll see if the Georgia Bulldogs can do that, get the monkey off their back, beat Alabama, and win a national championship. Over Florida, Billy Napier continue to build his staff, and he is going to add another member to his staff, going from uh, a guy with SEC East coaching experience. Florida Hall of Famer Mike Peterson is leaving South Carolina to come to Gainesville as outside linebackers coach and alumni liaison. According to The Athletic, Peterson was born in Gainesville, was a linebacker on Florida's 1996 national championship team. In 1998, his senior year, he served as a team captain, earned first-team All-SEC and All-America honors, was selected as the Gators' most valuable player by his teammates. So, looks to be a solid addition for the Florida staff. Meanwhile, over Kentucky, they are reportedly signing one of Mark Stoops' top, assistant, top assistants to an extension with a raise. Kentucky Sports Radio reporting that tight ends coach Vince Marrow has agreed to a three-year extension with a seven-figure salary. Significant upgrade for them, but Vince Marrow big on the recruiting trail, so that's a big uh, piece to lock down for Kentucky. Over at Auburn, news came out a couple days ago that their leading wide receiver, Kobe Hudson, would reportedly be transferring, but he indicated it wasn't his choice. 24-7 Sports reporting that uh, Kobe Hudson is transferring from Auburn, but after his article was published on 24-7 Sports, Nathan King shared a screenshot from Hudson's Instagram story in which the sophomore wideout said he was kicked off the team. Hudson has since deleted the post, but prior to the transfer reports, Hudson shared an Instagram post indicating he was leaving Auburn, but did not use the word transfer. Hudson led all Auburn pass catchers this year, 44 catches for 580 yards and four touchdowns. He had tons of offers coming out of high school, so we will see where he ends up, but sounds like he was kicked off the team at Auburn. All right, let's get to some news of guys coming back. We start at Texas A&M, where Anaya Smith proved himself to be one of the most versatile players in the SEC the past couple of years. And AM, they were a little worried that he would be leaving for the draft, but it sounds like the speedy receiver is coming back. He announced on social media last night that he will come back for a senior season in 2022. Led the Aggies with 47 catches and six touchdown receptions this past year. Finished second on the team behind only star tight end Jalen Watermeyer with over 500 receiving yards. Meanwhile, over at Tennessee, they've got a veteran defensive back. Made a career-best 79 tackles this season. Trey Flowers, he announced he's coming back to the Vols next year for a fifth season on Rocky Top. He announced it on social media that the Vols changed the culture at Tennessee. And his 79 tackles were tied for sixth among SEC DBs. His best game came against Florida, where he had a career-high 15 tackles. So a good, uh, good piece for Tennessee to be getting back. Over at Florida... Defensive back Trey Dean, senior defensive back, he announced uh, with his extra year of eligibility due to COVID that he will return for the 2022 season. Dean started 11 games this year, made 88 tackles in his four seasons at Florida. He has 174 tackles and four interceptions, so that's good news for Florida. And over at Auburn, kicker Anders Carlson announced he will return to the Plains next year. That'll make it nine straight years. Auburn has had a Carlson kicking for them 
as his brother Daniel did it before, before him. This season, Anders made 14 of 21 field goals and 35 of 36 extra points. So we'll see if he could stay healthy next year, and that'll be a big addition back there for Auburn. Meanwhile, guys going pro, Wandell Robinson had an electrifying season this year for Kentucky, and he announced last night he is officially going to the NFL Draft. Caught 104 passes for over 1,300 yards and seven touchdowns this season. Saw some mock drafts that have him going in the first round, so that was uh, certainly a smart decision by Wandell Robinson, and we'll see where he ends up at the next level. Meanwhile, some other guys going pro, Marquand McCall, Big Kentucky defensive tackle. He announced he is heading to the pros. Six foot three, 379 pounds. Announced on social media. Thank Big Blue Nation. So he'll be heading to the pros. Meanwhile, LSU junior cornerback Cordell Flott, he decided to turn pro. He was a starter for LSU the last two years. Posted 41 tackles and an interception this year. Cam Lewis, who was a six-year defensive back, he also announced he's going to the pros. So LSU losing a lot of pieces. Over at Ole Miss, Mark Robinson was Ole Miss's second leading tackler this past season with 92 tackles. He announced Wednesday he is declaring for the NFL draft. He also had three sacks and three quarterback hurries. Malik Davis over at Florida. He is uh, going pro. Redshirt senior running back announced he will enter the NFL draft. He had the option to return for a sixth season as the NCAA did uh not count 2020, but he was an SEC all-freshman in 2017. Started 11 to 12 games this year, recorded 92 carries, a career high for 487 yards and five touchdowns this year. Meanwhile, a few other pieces. Jalen Foster, he emerged as one of the best defensive backs in the SEC this year for South Carolina, recorded a team-high 97 tackles. He is heading to the NFL Draft. One name to keep an eye on uh, as far as the transfer portal goes, Emory Jones at Florida was expected to enter the NCAA transfer portal, but a new report from On3Sports says that hasn't happened yet and his future is still very much up in the air. So could Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones both be back at Florida next year? We will see, but Emory Jones not officially in the portal yet. Other guys who have entered the portal on Wednesday, Arkansas Razorbacks defensive back Joe Fouché, Announced he is uh, entering the portal. Finished this year with 72 tackles, an interception, five pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Mohamed Diabate from Florida, that their linebacker, he had announced he had uh, entered the transfer portal. He has officially committed to Utah. So he will be heading to Utah, who is uh, Florida's week one opponent next year. So that will be a fun one. Drayshawn Miller at Auburn. He is reportedly on the move again after spending one year at Auburn following a transfer in from West, West Virginia. He will have one season of eligibility remaining. He uh, was expected to be an impactful player at Auburn this year, but only appeared in one game, did not record any stats. Ole Miss losing an offensive lineman to the portal, Bryce Ramsey. He is going to explore his transfer options. He played in 12 games, made one start this year. Mississippi State, they're already losing offensive tackle Charles Cross to the NFL draft, but now they're losing another name on the offensive line. Calvin McMillan has entered his name into the portal. Missouri safety Sean Robinson, he has entered the portal. Former four-star recruit that went to Mizzou as a transfer quarterback. Played briefly at QB before he transitioned to the defense. Mississippi State D-lineman Aaron Odom at 17 tackles, three sacks this season. He has entered the portal. Ole Miss wide receiver Jaden Jackson made 15 career catches, including five this year. He is in the portal. 
Uh, a couple other notes. Elijah Blades, he will see uh, another leg in college football. Most recently, he was at Florida, started his career at Texas A&M, and now Yahoo Sports reporting he will transfer to Buffalo. Former four-star member of Alabama's recruiting class, Xavier Williams, he is on the move. He announced he is transferring to Utah State next year. Uh, a couple other names to keep an eye on. Zach Calzada, the former Texas A&M quarterback, his name is in the transfer portal. According to reports, he's drawing interest from Auburn. And Calzada will be one of the transfers on campus at Auburn this weekend for a visit. So we'll see if Calzada ends up at Auburn to compete with T.J. Finley. Connor Bazelak, he was Mizzou's starting quarterback for much of this year. He entered the transfer portal. According to reports, he will be paying a visit to Indiana this week. Could be the next Hoosiers quarterback or Connor Bazelak decides to go there. Meanwhile, Spencer Radler, he's going to have one familiar target with him at South Carolina this year and his tight end, Austin Stogner. But another name that entered the portal this week, Oklahoma wide receiver Mario Williams. And Spencer Radler took to social media to say, hey, why don't we come team up? Bring some more guys from Oklahoma here to play for Shane Beamer over at South Carolina. Two other notes real quick. Tennessee, they signed 20 members of their 2022 recruiting class. They added some depth this week with a preferred walk-on offensive lineman out of Tennessee by the name of Connor Meadows. So uh, he announced his decision to commit to the Vols. And a quick SEC hoops note on his radio show Wednesday night, John Calipari updated severe Wheeler's status, saying the guard has a neck injury. He suffered Tuesday night in the loss at LSU. He's listed as day-to-day. Coach Cal added that it is not likely he will play against Georgia this weekend. It would have been a fun storyline because obviously – Wheeler came from Georgia, but uh, will not be able to go up against his old team this weekend. And there you have it. That is around the conference. We had so much to catch up on. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, looking forward to our conversation with Israel Troop uh, from the Believe Podcast Network. We'll get his thoughts on the Alabama-Georgia game. That's next. This is it, guys. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. If you want to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. They got visibility, uh, or they will give you visibility and control of your financials, your inventory, your HR planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow your business all in one place. Over 28,000 businesses are already using NetSuite, and of course, for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. Head to netsuite.com, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer for the number one financial system for growing your business. It is netsuite.com slash locked. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. 
Roll along here, Locked On SEC, and we are getting you guys set for the big Monday night matchup. Georgia taking on Alabama, a rematch of the SEC title game. But this one for all the marbles, this one for the national championship. We've been talking with all kinds of different guests throughout the week, kind of getting you set for this game, getting different opinions and different thoughts. And joining us right now is a guy who knows a thing or two when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs. He is a former Georgia Bulldog himself, Israel Troop. He's the host of the uh, or covers the uh, Georgia Bulldogs for the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Troopstar28. Israel, what's going on, man? Welcome in. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let, let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, I mean, we get a rematch between Alabama and Georgia. I think the big question that everybody's asking is, why is this going to be different than the SEC title game? So I'll pose that question to you right off the top. Why will this game be different than the last matchup? Um, I think just the simple fact that we haven't beaten them since the uh, overtime matchup in 2007. Um Alabama's kind of been our Achilles heel over the last couple of years, and we've come close to beating them every single time we've played them. Um, but I think this time, I think our guys just have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're embarrassed um, in the championship game. I think that's the main part. You can see that in the Michigan game. Our guys came out with a different mentality. And, um, you know, of course they're Alabama. You know, so you got to, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. I think that's the mentality we carry over into this game on Monday. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, obviously, all the different storylines, uh, you know, obviously the Kirby Smart, Nick Saban one is is the big one. And, you know, it has been uh, a thing for Kirby, getting over that hump, finally being able to beat Nick. We know four years ago he had as good a chance as any in that national championship game and let it slip away. But how much, I mean, you, you, you've you gotten into coaching. You were a player. How much is that a factor in the back of Kirby's mind that he knows he has not beat Obi-Wan Kenobi? He's not beaten Nick Saban since he's been a head coach. Yeah, you know, that's always a, a factor. That's that's the small percentage of everything you think about, especially when you become a head coach of a top program like Georgia. Um, I think it, for the main part, you know, you can't outcoach yourself. I think the last ball game, especially, we outcoached ourselves. Um, we always we played the what-if factor. What if they do this and they didn't do anything of the if, so... Um, I think this this time around, uh, same game plan we had against Michigan as far as being physical and coming out and just, you know, just playing balls to the wall. Um, I think at some point we've gotten conservative. You know, we've had them on the ropes and we just let them off. Um, I think that's the reason why we've been getting beat so much because we let them off. And, and Nick Saban's a great coach and he's a smart coach, so he starts to figure things out after a while. And it's hard to come back when they start beating on you. So um, just, just uh, keep your foot on their neck and let's go win this thing on Monday. Talking with Israel Troop, uh, former Georgia Bulldog and uh, covers the Georgia Bulldogs with on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, Israel, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, personnel in this game. Obviously, the defensive line, I think we were all surprised in the SEC title game. Look, Alabama's offensive line played their best game of the year. Georgia's D-line, you could argue, played their worst game of the year. Um, Jordan Davis, all those big guys up front, you got to think that they're looking at that stat line from that game and zero sacks. And that's got to be bugging them. Obviously, they got after it against Michigan, but I got to think this game for them starts with getting after Bryce Young, right? Most definitely. After watching that game, you know, I've, I've kind of watched and analyzed that game for our podcast as well. And uh, we never really rushed uh, Bryce Young in that game. Uh, Jordan Davis kind of sat back and played patty cake with the center all night. Um, and then we gave him 15 years to throw the ball and make a sandwich. So I think that's a problem. <laughs> um, if you go back and watch the Michigan game, you know, those guys are firing off the ball. Him. 
uh, Wyatt, all those guys are just coming off the ball trying to punish the quarterback. And I think that's one thing we got to do with Bryce Young. Our defensive line done a great job, um, especially in taking up blocks and freeing up our linebackers on blitzes and everything. So um, I think that's the game plan you have to take. If you watch Cincinnati, that's exactly what they did. They're all, their defensive linemen ate up blocks, and their linebackers were able to come free and get a couple of shots on Bryce Young. It's interesting when I look at uh, just a, a, in terms of the personnel offensively for Georgia. I mean, Stetson Bennett obviously is a big topic where a lot of people are wondering, you know, is he a game manager? Is he better than that? Is he a guy who could put a team on his back and go win a championship? How good does Stetson Bennett have to be in this game in your mind? Um, and, and I say this to my players, my quarterback all the time. I said, don't be dumb. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he can't he can't force the ball over the middle. Um, he almost had one hiccup in the Michigan game, you know, trying to make a play, use his legs more. Um, I think Coach Mockin and that offensive staff did a phenomenal job of doing what Stetson Bennett does great. I think in the Alabama game, we did some things that JT does great, but had the wrong quarterback in the game, if that makes sense. Um, Stetson is not just a quarterback passer. I mean, just a pocket passer. You know, he, he's a rollout guy. He's a play-action guy. Uh, let him use let, let's, let's do things that got us to that point, you know, um, and I think we'll be fine. You know, play action pass is great. You know, we got to establish a run. I think we got away from the run a little bit too much, which helps Stetson. Um, throwing on early downs uh, when most defenses think that you're going to just run the ball. You know, keep it, keep the defense guessing because I mean, you're dealing with a mastermind across the field. So, I mean, as long as you can keep them guessing, you know, you got a chance to be successful. It's interesting from a standpoint of the pass catchers that it's kind of been this way the last two years or three years at Georgia where it's, you know, the, the the wide receivers aren't like the focus of the offense. It's getting the tight end involved. And Brock Bowers has been outstanding with double-digit touchdowns this year, almost 900 yards. Uh, we know they involve the running backs so much. We saw that in the, uh, in the game the other night against Michigan. But is it weird to you as a guy who's a former wide receiver that this offense is and has been successful, but it's like – you know, they've had some receivers that have been successful, but, man, it's it they, they move it around so much, and it is predicated on getting those running backs uh, involved in the pass game as well as the tight end. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a receiver, you know, it's a little bit frustrating, I'm sure, for those guys. But at the same time, you know, when the ball's coming to you, you got to make a play. Um, this year, uh, we're a little bit shorthanded because of injuries and things like that. So this year especially, we, re- we rely more on tight end, um, running back, and things like that um, to make plays. So I think, you know, moving forward, we got Pickens, uh, Lab McConkey, uh, Burton, all those guys. Um, I think they say patience holding up a little bit more form. Um, we don't, in my opinion, we don't have the stallions that Alabama has, if that, if that makes sense. Um, you know, you got Mechie and Williams and all those guys, you know, that can push the ball down. We don't really have a a big group of guys that do it. So, you know, you, you take what you can get. You know, Burton made a big catch for us um, the other night. Um, so I'm pretty sure they'll be a little bit more involved this this Monday considering the fact that Brock Byers is the man. Um, they're going to be keen on him. So um, the, I expect the receivers to have a big game as long as we play uh, Georgia football and we stay on schedule. More with Israel Troop in just a second. But listen up, SEC fans. It's... There is an incredible app that everybody needs uh, when you buy gas, and you need to download it right now. It is the Get Upside app. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. 
you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. You get cash back using GetUpside. Just go download their app, use our promo code SCORE, start getting that money back on your first tank. So people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash uh, back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card to Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use our promo code SCORE. That'll get you up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Use the, use the code SCORE on the GetUpside app. Of course, Bet Online would like to wish you guys a happy new betting year as we continue to march towards the NFL playoffs. Of course, we have the Alabama Georgia Championship game on Monday night, and Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, new updated website on your desktop or mobile uh, device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code Locked On, that will get you started. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use the promo code Locked On. Sign up, and you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus from football to basketball to hockey. Uh, favorite Vegas casino games—they've got it all for you. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for twenty twenty-two. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all your favorite sports. Get in on the action. If you feel a, way, a certain way about this game on Monday night, Alabama or Georgia, Bet Online. It is where the games start. Get in there right now. Continue our conversation with uh, Israel Troop, former uh, Georgia Bulldog, and now uh, hosting a podcast on the Believe Podcast Network covering the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, let's talk about the flip side for Alabama. You know, you talked about having to get after Bryce Young, but we know John Mechie got hurt and he was not going to be available. Hi, they have Jameson Williams. They were able to get Slade Bolden involved in the, in the bowl game against Cincinnati, but how much of a difference maker is that not having John Mechie, who has been such a big pass catcher in that offense the last two years? Uh, it takes the focus and puts it on Williams now. Um, you know, it makes other guys have to step up. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, um, I think it makes you a little bit easier to defend. You know, if you think underneath you, I think it's fine. Um, you know, they, they have great receivers. We all understand that. But they haven't really been challenged until last week. I think Cincinnati's uh, corners and safeties, I think they challenged those guys. Um, I think Williams only had one catch. Um, but at the same time, you know, whatever the defensive scheme Cincinnati had kind of helped them out a, a whole lot, which if I'm, you know, Coach Lanning and Coach Smart not in that defensive staff, I'm looking at that game to kind of see how can we emulate that game plan um, and get pressure on Bryce Young to make him make mistakes. Because, you know, he, he, he will make a mistake every once in a while. He is still a freshman. Let's not forget that. <laughs> talk with Israel Troop. Uh, let's talk about legacy after this. I mean, in my mind, Israel, it feels like if Kirby doesn't win this one, I don't know when he's going to win it, right? I mean, it's been that you've had all the top five recruiting classes. You've been so close. You've won some SEC titles. But, like, man, this has got to be the time. Like, if my, my thing is, if not now, when? Do you kind of feel that way with Kirby? Like, man, you got to get the monkey off the back, and, and this has to be the year. Yeah, the, the selfish side of me is like, let's go out and win this thing on Monday. Um, but the coaching side of me is you got to have a lot of luck in some of these games. Um, I've been forced to be a part of um, And in the third one, luck wasn't on our side. We turned the ball over, something that we did against Alabama on um, the championship game. So 
Um, you can have all the players in your world as long as you execute. But if you don't execute, then you lose. I think in the championship game, defensively, we didn't execute a lot. You see bus coverages, um, especially when we play zone. Um, and I think we just played passive. So I think in this game, if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm trying to get that monkey off my back, and I'm playing balls to the wall, like I said earlier. Uh, I'm, I'm sending blitzes, I'm disguising coverages. I'm doing everything I can to win. Um I think we do that on Monday. I think it's time for us to go ahead and, and put a whipping on Alabama and go ahead and bring that trophy back to Athens. <laughs> All right, that said, give me a prediction. How do you think this one plays out? Ooh, I'm thinking, I, I think I said this on our podcast the other day, I'm thinking 30-27 to 27 Georgia. Um, the reason I say that is because Alabama now has a field goal kicker. They have a, a kicker in general and a record, so – but my prediction is he's going to miss two field goals in this game, which is going to be the deciding factor, and we win thirty to twenty-seven. Wow, that'll be a, that'll be one for the ages. Uh, Israel Troop, uh, former Georgia wide receiver, uh, catch all our listeners up now. What's uh, what you've been up to? I know uh, you're you're out there coaching, right? Yeah, I'm coaching now. I'm in Albany, Georgia, right now. I'm the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach here at Monroe High School. Um, I've made some stops at uh, about Austin Colquitt. Um, you know, a um, good buddy of mine, Sean Calhoun, just got the head coaching job at Colquitt, so congratulations to him. Um, and, I, and I love it. You know, I've had a chance to go and talk with Kirby um, a couple of years ago before I got really busy with what I'm doing now. So, um, I mean, and I love it. You know, it, it beats uh, being in a building all day, working nine to five, and it's sunny outside. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the kids are always different. You get, a, you get a different group every once in a while, but, you know, um, as long as you love them, you know, you can pretty much get them to do whatever you want them to do. No doubt. Israel, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That's Israel Troop, former uh, Georgia wide receiver, now doing uh, hosting a podcast covering the Georgia Bulldogs on the Believe uh, Podcast Network. Appreciate him uh, taking some time out to uh, preview the championship game with us. That is just about going to do it on this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Find it wherever you find your podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.